This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That Joined on the podcast tonight by Kyle Ferguson. Thanks for joining me, Kyle. No worries, mate. It's good to get on and hopefully speak about some football. Now, I want to start by focusing on your upbringing. And your dad's one of the most famous players to come out of Scotland, Barry Ferguson. He's known by fans all over the world. And I don't want this podcast to be all about your dad because I've got you on because I genuinely am interested in you. But... What I want to ask is, what's it like being brought up by such a high-profile dad within football? Well, well, I didn't really realise it until probably about the age of six and seven. So obviously when you're that young, you just go about your business as it is. But as I started to get older, then you start to realise, because obviously my dad was still playing. But when you're younger, I was thought just like everybody's dad would go out and play football. But then when you start to realise and you see what... You're watching them on TV and stuff, and then when you're going to school and like all your mates are talking about it, or you see your dad on the TV last night, that's it's different in that way. And um, even like on the football pitch, I used to get a lot of stick for it. When I was younger, I didn't really understand, but when I started to hit the ages about 10 and 11, and then you're playing, you're on the football pitch and people are getting it, or oh, your dad's this, your dad's that, like that got to me a bit. But then, as I got older and older, it kind of like I get used to it, and it just became like ah, it is like it's got to happen. It's like obviously I'm fortunate to have him as my dad, and he can teach me if I ever need anything to do with football, even in life as well. He like help me out, but it does come with its downsides. But definitely the positives outweigh the negatives. I wouldn't really say they're negatives, but people would see them as that. But it was good. I enjoyed it, obviously going to watch him. Um, watched him probably every time I could when he was on TV and when I was younger if I could get to a game and watch him and stuff it was brilliant in that way and obviously like, I'd just seen him as a normal person really but obviously some people he's like they're heroes like even when I speak to people now they're like they're speaking about my dad and how good a player he was and it's weird to me because I just I just seen him as my dad I mean it would be different for, for, for uh, every person but it did have its the tough side especially on the football pitch when people are saying stuff and obviously no one wants to hear that about your dad but I mean you just I could obviously thick skin and just get through it, go on with it and get through it so it was good When did you start playing football as a kid and with your dad naturally being a being a football football player and your family really has got a lot of football connections as well was it always inevitable that you were going to grow that love for the game as well? I will as a kid, even as I like, could just start walking, I'd always have a football. It was like, there's pictures of me when I was like a little boy and I've always got a, like, a football at my feet, kicking the ball. Like That was all I ever wanted to do. Um, all I ever really did was play football. It was like, 
it wasn't like it wasn't as if I was giving up the ball and saying you need to kick this. It was like I just gravitate towards the ball and I'd always want to be playing football. And um, I think it does run in the family. Obviously, you can see with like my cousin, my uncles, like they they played, and um, it does help when you come from a football family. And obviously, you you grew up round about it and you see it. And obviously, like as you like grow up, like you grew up with football, and then like my cousin, me, and my cousin would play a lot. And it was just that was basically it was the fill of my life. Like any time I could, I'd be kicking a ball from the ages of. Since I could walk really right up until now, never really stopped playing. In, term, in terms of boys' club level, in terms of your boys' club, where, what boys' club was it you started at, and which position did you start playing in? At boys' club, well, I, I started playing football like when I was probably over the when I was four or five. We had moved down to. Um, Lytham because my dad had moved to Blackburn and my dad had took me in there was like it was like an indoor like for like all the, the kids to play football and that was when I like first started playing with like other people and then we obviously moved back up to Scotland and my dad um, took me to a team called Clyde Valley that was the first boys club and I played with like all my mates in primary school so I was only probably about six or seven here and um, that's where I played and my dad always used to tell me the story about the first game him and my papa and my mum my grand were there they took me to the game and they put me on and it was the first it was the, obviously the first time I'd played like a football match really for our boys it was obviously a five a side game and I just got the ball for kick off and took it by everybody and scored and I, he always tells me about it but that was that was how it was like when you obviously are a kid you just, you just play how you feel but I started Obviously, always played in the middle of the pitch from like boys club and then through. And then it was only recently when I I moved out to America to play um, that I moved back into centre-back. But that was the boys club I was at. I was at Clyde Valley. And then from there, I picked up the Rangers. And then I moved back to boys club after I got released to Rangers. <clears throat> and then I was had a... Short spell at Kilmarnock. I was only there for about a, probably a month. Um, and, and after Kilmarnock, I'd went to Airdrie. And all, all through this time, I was still playing centre-mid. And then after Airdrie, um, I moved back to play my mates. Cause I'd like kind of, not that I wasn't enjoying football, but I kind of like, it was like getting, not a bit too much, but it was like I wasn't like enjoying it as much as I had throughout my life, and that was like the main reason I played because like I love playing it. So whenever it like when it got like that, I was like maybe like being here isn't for me. So I went back to playing my mates and um, played there for six months. And then I was at Clyde for a bit, and then after that I'd went to America and I loved my time in America to be fair. And then I've ended up in Sweden now, so I've travelled a fair bit around the world playing football. That's good. In, ter- in terms of yourself, this is a question I'm kind of putting you on the spot by asking you this. You, you mentioned there that kind of difficult time in football where you maybe weren't enjoying it as much. See, because you did play in the centre of the park, would you be honest, were you getting tired with the constant comparisons to your dad's game and thinking to yourself, look, I'm my own man, judge me on me, don't judge me on my other family members that are footballers, judge me on Kyle? I would see when I first went, went into Rangers, I was only a young kid. I probably got picked up Rangers when I was about 
eight years old. Um, and that's what it was like. As soon as I went in, it was like, oh, this is Barry Ferguson. So obviously my dad had been like at the club recently then. He might have still been playing, I'm not too sure. But they were like, oh, this is Barry Ferguson's son. And obviously I come in, I was a centre mid and everybody was expecting that. But I've never really felt like, felt the pressure that I need to live up to what he's done. Like, that's been like, I'll go and I'll do my own thing. I'm happy to. Obviously, like, getting compared to him is like, they obviously because how good a player he was. But it's like, maybe when you were younger, you'd be thinking, Am I gotta be as good? But as I got older I kinda it wasn't as much as that. I was just thinking I just took it as a positive, like if I'm getting compared to him and I'll be like him and it's like obviously a positive because of how good he was, that's the way you had to see it instead of letting the pressure all build up and you're like kinda of always thinking, Oh, I need to get there, I need to get there. That was that was the main thing. Was growing up with a cousin like Lewis something that was also helpful because obviously your dad was a player. Derek, your uncle was a player as well. Was it helpful having Lewis that's kind of of a similar age to you growing up and coming through the sort of systems to keep yourselves going? Because you were both really in the same position where you've got high-profile dads where the comparisons are always there. Ah, it was. Well, me and Lewis are like a month apart. He was born on the 24th of August. I was born on the 24th of September. We've been really close, like right through, like since little kids, like growing right up and... Um, it was, it was good because he's, he, like, he's like my best mate so we've always been like there for each other and well they both gone through like a similar thing where you're getting compared but we just got on with it and I played for him, I played, me and him played together for a bit at Rangers um, probably from when we were about 10 till like 11, 12 so it was good, it was good yeah. um, playing with him, we're obviously like, really good pals, we used to travel in together and stuff so it was helpful. It was definitely it was a good thing for like both years, obviously. Going through the academy setup, you, you mentioned your time at Rangers, a brief time at Kilmarnock. When you when you go to Clyde and you're making that step into the sort of professional game as such, was that a big step for you? And is that was that the first time you thought you had a real a real good chance of becoming a professional footballer in your own right? I um I'd say it was like from obviously when you're younger and like you like you take it for granted kinda like when you're at these like big clubs like you're at Rangers and you're in training at Murray Park like three four nights a week um you take it for granted you don't realise how lucky you are like that's that's what I'd say for uh, for definite but when you make the step into like put, like playing with grown men it's like it's a huge step so I was probably six. 16, 17 um, and going in and it's like it's no kids football anymore it's like in training if you're not good enough if it's no good enough like the ball's not getting zipped you'll get told and that was a big shock for me because we'd never really had that like obviously through like the academies you just get kind of like you'd get told but you wouldn't get shouted at and for some boys that can be a real shock like they can go into their shell but I just kind of took it in my stride, and I took it like I never took it in a bad way. I said like they might, the only reason they're shouting is because they want to improve me. And the physical side of it as well, I thought um, was huge. Like as you're a kid and you're going in, and it's like you've got men at like 27, 28, even experienced guys at like 30 odds. Like it's it's hard because you're just like a kid compared to them. But 
Definitely, I think it helped my my game so much getting kind of like thrown in the deep end because you get to see that you're playing with these guys that have played hundreds of league games throughout their career, and it definitely helps you because you just want like I used to just sit and watch and watch what they do, watch the way they go about their business, and like you take little things in ball, and that definitely helps you progress. Who were the big characters at Clyde at that time? Like more experienced professionals that maybe put the arm down you and helped you out quite a lot? Well, when I was in at Clyde, I was still uh, a centre mid and um, Scotty McLaughlin was there. He was a big character and he did, he helped a lot. Um, like, I used to just like watch him, watch how he played and stuff. Uh, Ross Perry was there as well. He was obviously... He was good, like he was a real like, a centre back, but yep. at the time I never seen myself as a centre back. We'd still watch like all these big players that have played like lots of league games and um at a good level and you just you'd watch how the how they go about their business, how how they look after themselves and stuff. Because to play like I said, like hundreds of games in Scottish League is like an achievement for anybody, but it's like when you watch how they like their experience, little touches they do and stuff, it helps a lot. But you don't realise until until after it, and you're sitting, you're thinking about it, and it's really good. In terms of management and coaching, what what was that like for you? In terms of um, on a day to day basis, it's good. Like when you're obviously any type of football coaching has got to help you but I think it's the players that you play with that help you the most like if you've got good players around you, you like you've got to be constantly pushing yourself to reach their levels um, I feel that's that, that's like a big thing for me like when you're training and you've got loads of quality around about you you're only got to get better as a player Um I found that especially when I'd, like, obviously my dad's been uh, the manager at Kelty and when I was back home over Christmas I was just training uh, with Kelty two nights a week and that was one of the things that I found they've got like, a lot of really good players and when you're training with these players um, week in week out like you get you get used to it and then when you come to another team you bring that standard in with you that's like one of the big things I've felt but definitely like as long as I, I always believe that as long as you go out and apply yourself and put in the work, like regardless, I think you'll get better. That's what I believe. One of the players you played with, Clyde, I want to ask you about is Dylan Easton. I know obviously he's, he's worth Kelty now and he's a player who, having watched the sort of lower leagues in Scotland, is a player I've always rated. What was he like to play alongside because he's got some amount of talent? Easton, he's, he's, he's honestly unbelievable. Like, I've never seen somebody like that's as good the ball like their feet than him. Like technically right and left foot, how quick his feet are, how like he's strong as well. Like I know he's like not the tallest, but he's like got that like stocky build. So that if you try and go shoulder to shoulder, try and go through him, like they're not getting him off off the ball. And tra- like even training alongside people like that as well, just in, like they improve you because like you're constantly on your toes. Thinking what I got to do next, and he's like in the like little tight like rondo boxes. He's unbelievable. Like can't get the ball off on one two touch. Like he's, he's honestly a really really good player. 
and I had noticed that um, noticed how good he was at Clyde, and then when I was in at Kelty, I'd obviously like um, I was like I was back training with him again, and it's just like it's beyond me how how good he is with the ball at his feet. I've never seen anything like it, or played it with anything like it. The big question I want to ask you, and it's a quote I'm going to mention that when you signed for Clyde, your dad was very honest and open. He said at the time a direct quote. I was a bit reluctant to sign Kyle because of the family connection, but he's here in his own merit and the other coaches feel the same. He'll be treated no differently to any other player that I have at the club. Is that the way he treated you on a on a daily basis in the training pitch? Aye, it was. I'd say I'd probably get a wee bit more stick than other boys, to be honest. <laughs> but that's, that's the way it is. Like, people obviously look at it and think, oh, that's the only reason that is because his dad's here, but I mean, like, the, I could have been like, I could have gone to like an lower league Scottish team, but I'd rather go somewhere where I knew like the quality was going to be there and I was going to be tested. And obviously, in the end, like, I didn't maybe play, like, didn't just play as much as I would have wanted to, or like, even like start many games. But it was a really good experience, and I think that it helped me so much as a player, like, in terms of. In terms of how how much it made me mature, and on the training pitch, I'd say things were the exact like the exact same. Like I wouldn't get any special treatment. Probably if I was slack, I'd get more stick than other boys. But I mean that would, that was just the way it was. Like I wouldn't say like I wouldn't say really any players would get special treatment on the training pitch, but. Does that make your kind of relationship different for a period in the sense that, say for instance you were playing at, let's just take another team off the top of my head, Dumbarton, you might say to your dad, look can I get some advice on X, Y and Z and I'm sure he would say no bother, whereas when he's your manager and maybe you've not had the best training session, is it easy to go to him after it and say can you help me with some advice or does it become... Not distant in an awkward way, but just distant in a in a way that you don't want to step in any toes or anything. No, we used to like do it like we'd leave like in the car. Obviously, I'd drive in with them and stuff. And but we'd like as soon as we like went into the house like, after training, we'd just drop it all at the door, and we wouldn't speak about like training or wouldn't speak about Clyde until we'd went back out the door to go to training again, which was quite good. So it was just normal relationship, like me and like me and my dad obviously got on very well. Um, and it was just like normal relationship. We still be having like, banter and having a laugh and that. But when we went back out to train, it would maybe be a bit more serious. But at that time, I probably wouldn't um, wouldn't be asking them, like wouldn't be saying like like obviously sometimes you have a wee moan like, about like the manager or about. <laughs> Something, but obviously I couldn't say anything to him because he is the manager. So if I had to do the morning, I just moaned to my mum. My mum would keep it quiet. So it worked that way. But it was good because with a good system, we just drop it all at the door, and then we could pick it back up. Whatever we were, we had a disagreement on or something, we would pick it back up as we went out, and it never really like like got like bad or that. It was like always like a good discussion. It was good that way. What I'm interested to ask you about next, you're obviously played with your dad, you've explained the relationship there as coach, 
manager and obviously being your father as well. But you then decide you're obviously getting the chance to go to America to do a scholarship, but you also hit the headlines over here for being spotted by a top modelling agency. What was that like? <laughs> So um, I made the decision that I wanted to go to America just based on the fact that in, in Scotland I didn't feel that at that time I didn't feel there was like much for me there in terms of I could could I go like League One, League Two, play part time, um, and just kind of like have a job in the side and that. And I've always wanted to play full time football, so I decided I could go to America. Um, I'd be training every day so I'd obviously get better so that was the thinking behind that and then literally about six or seven months before I had left um, Colours Agency one of the modelling agencies in Glasgow got in touch with me and said that like I should go in for like I think go in to see about like doing some modelling so I thought I may as well like I'm currently like, I'm about to go to America in six months, I'll just see what happens. And then I'd went in and I'd done like a couple of shoots and stuff and it was it was alright to be fair. It was like I d I'm not that I'm not shy in any way, so I didn't mind doing it and then uh, made a little bit of money in the city. So I, en- I enjoyed it like that, but I don't know if that was that would be somewhere I'd go like I'd take a career down that path. That was the thinking behind that. In terms of getting involved in that, again, how I'd imagine that's the sort of thing that you you obviously talk to your parents about any kind of career decision. But what's the reaction like from from your mum compared to your dad when you say I'm going to I've been offered a modern opportunity? Because obviously with with Barry being such a high profile footballer, it's not something <laughs> I don't imagine he expected to hear. No, he, he obviously like didn't expect it, but he's obviously proud of me, yep. support me. Him and my mum would support me in anything that I'd done in life. Like, they're really good that way. If, if I decided to go and do something and I wanted to do it and I was passionate about it, my mum and dad would support me all the way. So um, my dad was obviously really supportive of it. My mum was buzzing, uh, buzzing about it as well. So it was good. It was good. But as I said, like both of uh, my mum and dad would, uh, no matter what I chose to do, they would... Um, back me the full way, which is it's really good to have. So it makes it open, and if I feel like if I feel like doing something, I'll obviously discuss it with them. And the bank is like we all agree on it. I'm probably going going pursue it. And then I just thought the modelling at the time, I thought it's like a good opportunity. Not a lot of people are, um, not a lot of people get asked to go and do do some modelling. So Absolutely. I thought I'll go and, I'll go and try it, and I enjoyed it to the fair. It was good. From the modelling to going to America. What was life like in America, and how does the scholarship system work? So, um, the first year I'd moved to America, I'd went to Medai College. This is in Buffalo, New York, so it's like really uh, northern like America, like literally 10 minutes away from the Canadian border. Um, that, was where, that was where I um, decided to go for my first year. Um, I loved it there to be honest. Like first year was really good. It was more of like a breaking in period because um the way like the league works and stuff over there was completely different. They gave me a taster. Because sometimes you're playing Saturday, um, Wednesday, Saturday, so you've got three games in the space of seven days, which is is really tough. 
and that first year I think gave me like a taste of what it was going to be like and I really enjoyed it to be fair like I loved it but the one thing that I maybe didn't enjoy so much was the school side of things like I've never been a person like to love school like I'd do well in school if I put my mind to it but not like I I just feel like in a classroom like as in my kind of environment I love to like I love to speak to people and stuff and when you're told to like sit down and shut up and <laughs> write like it's, it's hard I find it hard so I really enjoyed that the first season in America so I was in my first college in Medai, New York um, that was probably for that would have been for a year I'd done my they'd call it your freshman year I'd done that there and then I transferred um, to South Carolina which is like it's two states up from Florida so you get really warm weather and um, before I had moved for that um, second year I'd played in the summer the summer league which was like a really good experience because most of the boys go home in the summer but I said like to mum and dad like look I've got a chance to go and play in this summer league which is like a really good opportunity because it's like a select few like the best um, like players in the college system go and play in this summer league so <clears throat> I played in that and I loved it to be fair my first year I've done really well um, and that was a that was a big step up for me as well because like at that point it's my first season at centre back in America and I've went to this um this new um team and just to play for the summer where everyone else is home. So you're kinda like if you don't play, if you maybe miss out a game you're thinking if I could do we've been home here because you're homesick but I stuck it out. It was at at points I was thinking if I could I could go home soon, but I stuck it out. Like I'm, I never want to quit. I'll always like, like basically stick by it. And then I end up having a really good season. And then I then moved to South Carolina, which was that was just different. It was like full year round. We're getting like 25 degree weather, always sunny. And then obviously the thing that comes into that is the fitness. Like playing every every weekend, 25 degrees. Sometimes three games a week, it's tough. So that was that was like that was like another process that I think helped me become like a better player. Like it made me fitter, it made me stronger. And then obviously we've got like a big um, focus on like gym work in America. We had like our own, we had our own like um, what do you call it? We had our own like person in the gym, um, like sports scientist guy who was. Um, who took us through all our workouts and stuff, which really brings you on as well. Because I had I'd been going to the gym obviously myself, but I'd never been taught to like someone else that this is what you should be doing, and it really opens your eyes to like to everything. And then I, I did I loved my time in South Carolina to be fair because that's where I stayed for both like my last two years that I'd done at college and the last summer that I'd done. And the last summer was probably, I think that's probably my favourite um, time that I've played football in my life, to be honest, because it was like I'd returned to the same summer team. They're called South Carolina United Bantams. <clears throat> and their coaches, an English guy, Lee Morris, he used to play at uh, Sheffield United, played at Derby, so he like, knows, knows a lot about his football. Um, 
and that's definitely most I've enjoyed my football in a long time. Done really well in the summer. Um, won a few awards, which is always nice. Um, and then I get cut short by a, by a injury that I can really do anything about. So it was sad to end it that way, but I really enjoyed it. See, in terms of playing in America, obviously America is completely different to Scotland in so many ways, but one of the ways it is completely different is travel. You think about here, if you, even, if you think of Lewis, you play with Aberdeen, you can play Celtic or Rangers, travel down to Glasgow. It's a fair few hours, but it's but it's doable. Whereas in America, I can, ima- I can imagine the, the, the journeys were a lot longer than some of the ones we have to deal with here. Yeah, definitely. Like, see, the, some of the journeys we're on buses for like eight hours, nine hours, which is it's tough. You obviously stay, stay over the night, but you need to travel by bus down. So we'd take like a big, a big coach down, um, say we're travelling to Alabama from South Carolina. It'd take us like eight hours, nine hours in a bus. You stay the night, play the game, and then have to come back the next day. And then on top of that, you've got to go and do your schoolwork as well. So that was, in that way, it's really tough. But they're quite good sometimes. We'll get like, if we get back at a certain time, we'll get like the next day off class, which like helps because you can't be getting back at like five, six in the morning and having to go up at eight for your class. Like it's just unrealistic. So they're quite good that way sometimes. But sometimes, you, like if you got back at 12 o'clock at night, you need to be up the next day for class. That was probably the hardest bit. What was the standard like in terms of America compared to like your time at Clyde? Was it less physical than it is over here? It's less physical in terms of aggressive, like American boys. Like there is a lot of international boys, like boys from over the world there, but they're not as aggressive. I feel like in Scotland and in England and the lower leagues in England as well, it's like really aggressive type of play, like. People want to get in your face and want to make hard tackles, but in America you get boys who are just athletes, so tall, fast, strong. They don't really like it if like you put the boot in, or like if you like you put a hard tackle in. So that worked in my favour a lot because you get some boys that would shy away from like the physical side, but in terms of like athleticism, I'd say it's much more athletic over there and. But over here, I'd say it's like more physical in terms of like tackles, headers, stuff like that. In terms of your time in America, big country, an incredible country that so many want to visit. What's the sort of best places you got to visit during your time living there? Um, when I looked my first year, when I was in Buffalo, New York, um. I got to see, like, because we were right on the border of Canada, I got obviously to go in to see Canada and see the Niagara Falls, which was, that was unbelievable. Like, that's a, that's a place that I'd never seen. Um, that's amazing. And obviously got to see, like, New York City and stuff, which which is, like, you obviously see pictures and you see pictures of it. It's like, it's like a movie, to be honest. It's today. And then when I was down... Um, down south in South Carolina, we're getting to see like you get to see like all along that coast. So you're getting to see all the beaches. It's just all sunny weather. When you go down to Florida, there's just palm trees everywhere. It's like as like living in a film, but it's great. But at the same time, 
like you you've got to still be keeping yourself fit not going out too much because you're obviously playing you're playing three times a week so you never get time to go out get some free time and we were in training every day as well so the only really time off you got was when you were in your off season which is like the spring season but in terms of like seeing places it was great because you could just you could it was obviously a big place but we could jump in the car and move the like two or three hours away from the closest beach so you could go and spend some day at the beach and stuff. But I only really got to see the east coast and I never got to see the west coast like California and stuff, uh, which is which is probably one of my, my regrets. Did your transition from central midfielder to centre half start while you were in America or did that come as you moved to Sweden? <clears throat> no, that started in America so the first my first year in America um, I was obviously brought in as a holding midfielder and um, our coach had signed he'd signed two centre backs that he wanted to play and um, I, we played our first game of pre-season and I think we got beat 3-2 or something and our two centre backs both had like bad games and the coach spoke to me after the game and he like, said, what do you think about playing centre-back? And I was like, said, I don't know, Like, I'm not sure about it. I said, I've played my full life in centre-mid, like, I don't know anything else. And he said, no, nah, I think, he said, can we try you centre-back next game? I think you'd be really good. And then I said, right, I'll give it a go. Next game we played centre-back and I hated it. I was like, the game's so sloppy back here, you get so much time in the ball. I was like, this is like, this isn't how I grew up playing football. I hated it. And then, I got about four or five games into the season and I was still playing centre-back. And I started to really enjoy it. So I was like speaking to my dad and I was saying, ah, like, obviously I'm playing centre-back. I was like, I'm, I'm loving it. And then he said that I win. when you were at Clyde, Bob was saying to me, Hank should be a centre-back. So Bob Malcolm had obviously said like the year, couple of years before, I think he's got a very good centre-back. Mm-hmm. And I'd never seen it in myself. But I took a really big stretch because I'd went from like, Five foot eleven to like six foot six foot three, six foot four in the space of about a year, a year and a half. So obviously that was a big factor in getting me put at centre back. And you mentioned the difference in terms of having a lot of time in the ball at centre back compared to centre mid. What's the other difference? Is that you haven't had the ball a lot more? How how do the positions differ in your point of view? Um, I'd say in centre back the big thing about that is like you can see the full you can see the full game you can see the full pitch by just standing and I'd never really seen that like had that before because I'd always been played like in the six or the eight in centre mid so and then there was obviously a lot less running so I'm used to like running up and like up in the pitch constantly but at centre back they're just up squeezing the line up to the halfway then dropping back that was like crazy for me as well Um the time on the ball, I think, was the biggest thing because, like, obviously, it, some teams aren't going to go and play a high press. So if you're at centre back and you play out to the back, you've got time on the ball, and I'd never really had that before. I was a bit like, what's going on here? Why do I get so much time? But you get used to it over the games, and then um, heading the balls like always been something that like I've done because as I started to take a stretch. I'd be the one that was going up to win the headers and stuff. So that nothing really changed there. See, in terms of your time in America, 
How do you reflect in your time in America overall in terms of developing you as a person and as a player? And how did how did you move from America to Sweden? How did all that come about? Um, in, t- in America, in terms of being in America, I think it helped me so much, especially playing in the summer league that I played in the USL Tour. Um, that helped. I think that's helped me the most out of everything. Um, because realistically, I'd only been playing centre-back for like two and a half years, which isn't like that long of a time in terms of how long I've been playing football. Um, but definitely, it brought me on in terms of fitness, um, like strength, like how, how much I was looking after myself as well, like my recovery and stuff, because at the end of the day, you're out in America, you're living yourself, like you know your mum to cook you. My mum obviously would cook me my food, I had to do it all myself. Like do all my cleaning, so obviously really matured a lot. Like I kind of like got a like a realization what it was like to be an adult, which I think that's brought me on a lot as a person. And then as a player, I think it's done like I think I've developed so much more going to America than I could have ever in Scotland, to be honest. Because like I would have been, I was training every day in America as I was like being full time. Um, and I was constantly, like, I used to say to myself, like, I've moved away from my family. I've moved away, I've, like, I'm in America myself, so why would I be here? Like, not give it everything that I can, like, put everything into it. I may as well, if I've left, I may as well make it for a good reason. So I just kept pushing myself as much as I could go, like, even when I was, like, felt like, Sometimes times are hard and stuff. I just always had that thing in the back of my mind. I'm just got to keep pushing myself. So overall, I thought as a person and as a footballer, I think America was great for me. When you moved to Sweden, does, is that a move that was hard to make? Were you tempted to come back at Scotland at that point? Or was it a case of, I've been abroad now, I, I want to experience another culture? Well... I was in well, I was in America and I was um it was my third season in college uh, football and I'd spoke to my dad and I'd said to him like look I think I'm starting to like outgrow um I'm starting to outgrow the college level like I feel like like I feel I could play at a higher level I said I could stick it out or because I still got another year of eligibility so I could stick it out because I'd just come off the back a really good um, summer season when I had won like I had uh, won um, the young player of the year in the, the USL League 2 and then I had won um, the best player out of the UK and I was in like a team of the season and the conference team of the season so I'd come off like that like an amazing um, season in the USL League too. So I thought, I said to my dad after the summer season, I said, like, I think if there's any time for me to go and make a step back into the professional football full-time, I'd say it'd probably be now. This is like, I feel like I'm more than ready. And then me and my dad spoke about it. Um, and about, we're about five games left in that to season um, we had started to look at agents for me so we had went through a couple of agents and we ended up signing we ended up signing with 
because uh, I stuck at HMI Sports and we they wanted to go down with Scandinavia so that would be Sweden, Norway, like any any teams round about there. I didn't want to come back to Scotland like yet because it would be either I come back and I, if I went to like a League 1 team or a League 2 team it would be part time and I wanted to be in a full time environment like when I'm training every day um, there's like no distractions it's just me and it's like me and like this goal that I want to achieve so that was like the main thing behind that um, and it kind of it kind of like it kind of made it easy for me to be honest because uh, where I've came now in Sweden we're full time um, we're up there challenging for the league um, so that kind of decided itself um, that was the that was the full idea behind that in terms of where you're based in Sweden, it's it's a pretty remote part, a remote part of Sweden. It's it's fair to say. Is that got its challenges for you, or do you like the chilled out Scandinavian environment, especially because it is so rural? Well, we're in the middle of nowhere, but like, <laughs> like I've never seen when I first came here. I was like looking about, and I was thinking there's nobody here. But there's honestly, I've never seen anything like this. You probably see about three or four people each day. I think there's only about 500 people here but at the end of the day like I came here to play football and that's what kind of that's what my mindset is like I don't mind it sometimes it can get boring but you, I mean you've got other boys here like I've got like obviously all my teammates and most of the boys here are from like either England or Scotland so we all got on really well and that kind of helps as well because everybody's in the same boat but at the end of the day, I always like it's just the same as like I said in America. Like if I'm moving away and I'm leaving like my family back home, and I'm not getting to see my family for like three, four months at a time, like I'm got to make it worth it. Like that's my mind. That's my full mindset. Does it help having a coach like Alex Clapham, who's obviously UK? He's from the UK as well. Does does that make it easier for you as well in terms of? getting clear instructions and knowing what you're doing when you get onto the park? Uh, it does. Alex has been really good. Uh, really good. He's like really good coach, speaks really well on the pitch and stuff and he's got like a clear plan of what he wants to do which obviously is great as a player because you know like there's no like confusion when you're out in the pitch you know what you have to do and uh, yeah, it's good. It's all obviously good having like someone that's English speaking and I can understand them. I don't know if you can understand me yet, but <laughs> um, it's it is, it is good to be fair. Um, I'd say that's definitely like that's a major positive. That obviously the team is mostly English speaking boys, like that's their first language. So even the, the Swedish boys here as well do they do speak good English, like because they they learn like like English when they're like five years old. So they're like bilingual by the time they're like six and seven, but. That is, that is definitely um, a positive. What are the facilities like out in Sweden? Because obviously you've played in America where the facilities are very good. You've been in Scotland where hit or miss really depending on the level you play at. What's it like in Sweden facility-wise? In, in Sweden, I've honestly been shocked with how good the facilities are. Um, right now, where we are, we're on the we've been under snow for like since I've got here so there was like snow like that was like two or three foot tall and that so we had to like um, 
travel like an hour away to this indoor dome. It's like a full size indoor dome, and that was like a team in like the fifth and sixth tier of Sweden. So I've got like full size domes, like three, four pitches and stuff. And every facility I've been at here so far has been been amazing. That was something I get told about Sweden, like the way they do it, it's like really, really good. Like everybody, like every team has like good facilities no matter what. And to be honest, since I've been here, I've not like seen any facilities, and I thought not great like every when you compare it to teams back home um, it's really good but your standard standards great going forward Kyle what are the aims for yourself in Sweden is it to play as many games as you possibly can keep developing as a centre half and then just see where it takes you and a caveat to that question are you hoping to return to the to the UK to play football one day in the next few years or are you happy to continue playing abroad? I've spoken to Robbie Crawford recently who's obviously played Finland, he's playing in America at the moment, and um, played in Iceland. <clears throat> Is it a, a goal for yourself to come back to the UK or are you happy to play anywhere really? Um, my goals for the near, the near future is to obviously do as well as I can with this team and take us as far as we can go. Um, really focused on playing well, like myself, obviously, but also bringing the team on. And in the future, I would, I wouldn't be opposed to coming back to the UK. Let's say, like, I would obviously, I'd love to come back and be close to my family and stuff. But really, it's wherever's the best for me. Like, I never know where that can be. Um, but obviously, I'd love to come back to the UK at some point in my career, probably when I'm maybe older. But I would, if I had the right offer come up next year, I would come back like easily. It's just really whatever, um, whatever's got to help me improve and keep improving on my career. That's um, that's where the focus is right now. Finish interview with around the quick fire questions. Who are the best players you've played with so far? And that could be at academy level or. Or where you are at the moment? Um, Dylan Easton has got to be up there in terms of technical ability. Um, my cousin's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, who else? Billy Gilmore. Oh, when I was at Rangers, unbelievable. He was two or three years younger in training training above himself even when he was like 10 year old that's unbelievable what about the best players you've played against so far oh best players I've played against Um, played against a boy in the summer called Derek Hoff Um. Who just got drafted to the New York Red Bulls in America? He was a really good player. Um, in America in the summer league, there was a lot of good players. Um, most of them got drafted. Um, in terms of Scotland, when I was younger, I don't know. Pass. <laughs> no, I'm putting, I'm, I'm putting you in an awkward position with this question. I'm going to ask you who your best manager of your career so far has been, bearing in mind one of the managers you've had, your dad. Who is the best manager? Um, so far, 
probably Lee Morris when I played in the summer, uh, South Carolina United Bantams. He, he was a great coach. I loved his way of coaching. Um, I loved his view in football, the way he wanted to play. That's why he was a great manager. Ronaldo or Messi? Messi. Beach holiday or city break? Beach holiday. Favourite band? Favourite film? Scarface. Intr- a question I'm, in, I'm, I'm desperate to ask you because obviously you grew up with your dad, has been on the pitch when he's won league titles. Who's the famous, most famous footballer you've ever met? I've ever met? Um, I've probably met loads of them when I was, I was a wee boy. My dad took me into the, into the dressing room um, I couldn't even tell you because my dad used to take me into Murray Park all the time. Like he on uh, during the summer used to go in, and I used to be running about all the players. So there was probably some some amazing players in there at the time, and I've not even realised. See, when you're in at that um, point as a wee boy, do you do you realise as you've said there the big the big guys your dad played alongside? Because you see your dad is just a normal guy, unlike maybe fans who, as you've mentioned earlier, see him as their hero and their icon, when you're in and around Murray Park, even as a young guy, is it, are you starstruck at all? Or are you just seeing them as normal guys who basically are your dad's mates? I used to just see them as normal guys. Like, he used to be in the indoor pitch in Murray Park and we'd get, like, Dad Apostle coming in and, like, hitting shots with us and stuff. And you never really think about it until, like, you're a wee bit older and you're watching videos of Dad Apostle scoring all these goals and you're like... When I was a wee boy, he used to come in and play football with us. It's crazy. Last question I've got for you, Kyle, is if you could play for any manager in the world today, obviously you've got your Guardiola's, Mourinho's, Klopp's, Ancelotti's, who would it be and why? It would be Diego Simeone at Atletico. I just love the way, like, obviously you watch them when they play against Liverpool, they just defend with their life. Solid four four two. They'd would rather die than concede a goal. I just love that. Love that mentality. You see them all. They lose the ball when they're on a counter attack. There's like full teams all sprinting back to get in. Defenders just love winning headers, and it's just it's brilliant to watch. I love watching it. Most people hate watching it, but probably because I'm a centre back now, I just love it. It's been a great interview. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for your time, Kyle, and I wish you all the best for the rest of the season and beyond. Right, thank you very much. It's been it's been great coming on. So we'll dive down to the ocean and we'll make our home in a deep sea cave and our shells will all be open. They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song. We'll dive down to the ocean and we'll make our home in a deep sea cave and our shells will all be open. They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song.